It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder hand the Houston Rockets their 13th straight loss. Thanks to Lou Dort's 34-point outburst. Is Lou Dort becoming a formidable offensive weapon right before our eyes? What's the deal with Shea's inefficiency? And Josh Giddy posts a double-double, and it was really a perfect game for the Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the only times all year they've had a drama-free evening. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by McDonald's. We're going to recap tonight's game against the Houston Rockets, which the Thunder won largely due to Lou Dort's 34-point game. Josh Giddy posted double-double, and there's nine assists from SGA. So you had Lou Dort lead the team in points, Giddy leads, leads the team in rebounds, and SGA leads the team in assists. A perfect night for the young core to overcome the Houston Rockets and bounce back from the blowout loss to the, to the Rockets earlier in the season. But again, this podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for being there. I'm loving it. This game was perfect. We're going to get into how the Thunder won this game. We're going to get into Lou Dort's night, Giddy's night, Trey Mann's night, SGA and the rotation, so much more. But thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Subscribe for free on all platforms. And let's start what we always do with our game overview. Kevin Porter Jr. was listed as questionable, had a thigh injury he sustained on Monday, and then he was eventually held out of this game. So Kevin Porter Jr. did not play. Dacia Nix and Yusan Gruba did not play either. They're in the G League, as are Vit and Talmaldon for the Thunder. Now, Darius Baisley, if you remember, on Monday was listed as questionable with plantar fasciitis, and then he did play Monday, and he was not on the injury report for this game. So it seems like Baisley's fully back, fully healed, uh, or at least is no longer concerned to hold him out of the games. The Rockets start Jason Tate, Daniel House, Christian Wood, Jalen Green, and Eric Gordon. The Thunder start SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and JRE. The Thunder win 101 to 89 and controlled this game for 48 minutes. I mean, they never gave up the lead to the Rockets. The game was tied twice, and the Thunder were once up by 17 points. The Thunder dominate the Houston Rockets got out to a scorching hot start. They won the battle of the glass, 56 rebounds to 46. 
Houston had four more turnovers. The Thunder had 10 steals. The Houston's just six steals. The Thunder swatted six shots. The Houston Rockets swatted, swatted four. The Thunder shot 44% from the floor and 28% from three. On the contrary, the Rockets shot 35% from the floor and 28% from three. Oklahoma City battled in the paint, and they won. They outscored the Rockets in the paint by 14 points. The Thunder won the fast break category, which is a big deal for their offense. It's primarily how they get their advantages by playing small and that small ball style with whenever everybody's a rebounder and a playmaker, your advantage is by going fast off of, off of rebounds. And when Josh Giddy has 11 of them, 10 of which came defensively, it's going to lead to a lot of, a lot of success for you on the offensive end. And, and the team's tied in the second chance points category. Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, Daniel Tice all had 10 points along with Christian Wood and Jason Tate. All those players had above 10 points, so 10 points or more. Josh Christopher got zero minutes and Shingun got five minutes. I'm not sure what Houston is doing, and we'll shift into the Thunder quickly, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I get that Gruber's more of a, pro- a project and Deshaun Nick's more of a project, so I get those two guys kind of going to the G League and figuring some things out. But why aren't you just force-feeding minutes to Shingun o- over Daniel Tice? What does Daniel Tice provide for you while he's playing? Absolutely nothing. He's not a great mentor. He's not a great guy to build around. He's a stopgap. And you've lost 13 straight games. And you're playing a stopgap for over half this game. And and you have your guy, Shingun, who you traded two first-round picks for, getting five minutes. Joseph Josh Christopher is a very talented and capable shooter that can help this offense out. Zero minutes. I, I don't get it. I do not get it at all. But Lou Dort and SGA and Josh Giddy all scoring double figures for the Thunder. And let's start with Lou Dort because Lou Dort continues his hot offensive streak. 34 points, eight rebounds, two assists, a block, a turnover. He shot 63% from the floor, 36% from three, and two of four at the line. Five defensive rebounds and was the focal point of the offense. And really, he was the entire source of the offense. And now it begs the question, is this legitimate? Is this sustainable? Is this for real? Or is Lou Dort just on this immense heater, right? And if it is for real, what then is Lou Dort's ceiling if he's giving you 20-ish points a night with elite defense? How do we view Lou Dort then if it's if it's 20 points a night in elite defense? The most encouraging part of this stretch of basketball on the offensive end has been the fact that that elite defense has remained even as he starts playing well offensively. A lot of the times that's a trade-off. A lot of guys do not have the motor to do both. They can give you one or the other, or they can give you a quality defense and good offense or good defense and good offense if they're really good. It's rare that you get these nights where Lou Dort was awesome offensively. I mean, you you cannot play much better than 34 points on 63% shooting. You, you just can't play much better than that offensively. So in a vacuum tonight, only looking at tonight's game, he played elite on both ends of the floor. Now, he will not play elite on both ends of the floor for very many games. It's really hard to do for anybody, uh, even the top 1% of the NBA. So taking a step back, is this offensive outburst legit? I, I think that that's a tricky question 
And I think that's one that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about because number one, we can only really answer that with time. And that's not the fun, flashy thing they say on a podcast, but it simply is going to take time. It's going to take development. I, I think the one thing that we know for sure is that we should not forget about Ludor in the, in the sense of development. He's 22 years old. He gets treated as this kind of elder statesman where we always talk about the potential of, of Poku and the potential of Giddy and the potential of these other players and kind of box in Ludor, box in SGA, box in Darius Basley because they've been here longer. We've seen a lot of basketball of them, but, but each of those players are barely scratching the surface. So I think that's clear that Ludor will continue to progress this offseason, next offseason, and then we'll get to the, a sense of kind of what his fulfilled basketball life will be. You know, he's an elite defender. What can he add to that? And as a player who works very hard, by all accounts, he's going to add a lot more to that, you would assume. So that's the thing that I know for sure at this point is his offensive uptick last year mixed with him coming around offensively this year in this recent five-game stretch. I'm confident in saying he's not done growing as a player. Now, how much will he grow? I think that in the question of can he be an offensive weapon, it depends how you define weapon. And again, it's not the hot take flashy thing to say, but I think that Lou Dorr offensively will not be a liability. And that's much better than we thought 18 months ago about Lou Dorr. That's much better than we thought, you know, what was it? Probably 16 months ago about Lou Dorr, right? So at each step, he's continued to rise his floor. And he already has an elite ceiling defensively. And he's reached that ceiling elitely defensively, right? So Ludor's taking all the proper steps to become an elite player in this league and a top player in this league. You know, will he be a superstar? I don't think so. But can he give you 15 a night, 17 a night on a good championship level team with elite defense? Yeah, I think he can do that. And how do you define that player? If I'm giving you a player who can shut down the scores like James Harden in this league and also giving you 15, 17 points on good efficiency, that's a player that all 30 teams want. And so how do you find those caliber of players that all 30 teams want? Is it elite? Probably not going to be elite, but again, I think that the offense is legit. I said it last year. I thought his last year's three-point uptick and, and scoring uptick was better than it even showed in the box score because he was asked to do a lot more that he otherwise wouldn't be whenever this roster is fully fleshed out, right? Took a lot of mobile threes, off the dribble threes that, you know, in general, he won't have to do that whenever this team is ready to win a championship. So we'll see what we'll to wait and see and get more data on this about if his offense is legit. But this is certainly a great step, mixing last year with this year so far. After a slow start to the year offensively, the first, what would it be, four games, five games of the year, he's really came alive now. And I think that I would understand a glass half empty perspective. I'd understand a glass half full perspective. It just needs time. We'll talk more about Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, SGA, and the rest of the team coming up. But first, on it's right now, but our friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the place to be. It's better than ever with a new website and interface for the start of basketball season. More prop bets, odds, lines than ever before. But online remains your number one spot for all of basketball and football action this season. Head over to our new updated desktop or website on your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 20, 
2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Bet online where the game starts. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder Podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single day. We're here for you, free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Now, for your second listen of the day, after this podcast is over, go check out the Locked On Bets podcast because they are on a heater right now at Locked On Bets. So it's a free podcast giving out free winners, which is, in a roundabout way, free money, which you can go get at betonline.ag with a code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Now, Lou Dort, I want to let you, I want to hear all of your opinions on Lou Dort because, again, to me, I would understand both perspectives, glass half full, glass half empty. I'm leaning towards glass half full just because we saw it last year. We saw moments last year where he looked really good offensively, and we've seen it now this year. We know he's a hard worker, and he was only 22 years old, and we know that as this roster gets more developed and, and grows more, he'll be put in more advantageous, advantageous situations offensively. So with all that being said, I think that the uptick is, is solid and is real. Will it be 20-plus, 34-point outings every other week and every other game good? That's yet to be seen. But I'll tell you this much. With his elite defense... If he can give me 15 points a night with the occasional 34-pointer, the occasional 25-pointer, the occasional 40-bomb, right? That's more than enough to be a starting-level player on a championship team and get paid handsomely in the NBA. That is more than enough. So that should make you feel good. That should make you feel like the the Thunder have locked in a starter on a championship-level team. Because I I think that that was still up in the air for most people, right? Yes, we all love Lou Dort, fan-favorite. But there was always that question of uh, is it, whenever this team gets really good, and this team cashes in those first round picks via trades, via drafting. There's still a spot in the, in the starting rotation, in the starting lineup, where there's only five slots available for Lou Dort. I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. And not in a type of Cephalosha way, not in the Andrew Robertson way. While those guys made great contributions to the Thunder, Lou Dort's a step above that. I mean, Lou Dort is and will be leaps above that really quite frankly so so i do believe in this offensive production and we'll talk more about this tomorrow previewing the weekend games uh, and after those games as well this weekend we'll have uh, pods for you saturday sunday monday all that good stuff so a lot of time to talk about this and, and time is the only one that we'll actually know but great start for lou dort now josh giddy double double 11 rebounds 14 points 50 percent from the floor over two from three a block and only two assists tonight but he made some passes. He made some passes that make you drop your jaw and go, whoa, and oh my giddy, and just all the wonderful things uh, that Josh Giddy can do. I think that I think that Josh Giddy tonight executed really well as a, as a team player. I think that Josh Giddy tonight uh, did a great job of playing his role and doing his job defensively. 
one of the better nights defensively that he's had against Jay Shante and the Houston Rockets, and they really tried to go at him. He did a great job of taking that challenge and executing it. And again, it goes back to the fact that the Thunder wanting to play small, trying to play this small ball style, trying to grow the small ball style long-term. When you lack a paint presence, you got to find other ways to make it up. You're always looking for ways to make that up. And the best source of that is ending possessions and not allowing second chance points using your lengthy guards and getting, getting 10 defensive rebounds tonight proves to be the difference. And with the thunder offense playing up tempo more, that's where they're at their best. That's what this team's built for. When you're small, you're quicker, you're more versatile and you want to get, get in transition and win the fast break points. It's why there's a correlation between the games where the Thunder win the fast break points by a wide margin and their actual NBA wins. And in games where they don't win the fast break points or it's you know a two-point differential or it's tied, they lose those games. Because this, this offense and this team is, is optimized whenever they can get out and run. So I, I think that Josh Goody played an excellent game tonight despite the low assists numbers. But but. Everyone watching the games understands that Josh Kitty has a ton of potential assists that on better teams with better teammates, they're going to get cashed in. Josh Kitty has been incredibly impressive. I mean, incredibly impressive. And we're going to talk tomorrow about Josh Kitty's season so far and the shooting splits and kind of get into the nitty gritty of Josh Kitty. But let's just say you should be more than excited about Josh Kitty because we're going to compare him tomorrow uh, to one of the 75 greatest players of all time. So that's a little tease for you or tomorrow, so subscribe for free on all platforms to get that podcast on Josh Giddy. But I was very impressed with Josh Giddy tonight. Giddy up. Let's move on to SGA. SGA plays in this game as a starter, of course. He really helps the team out a ton. Just not in the ways that we're used to, right? In this game, he shoots 33% from the floor. He goes one for eight from three. And those... Efficiency numbers are not the high historic clips we're used to seeing from SGA. And it's been a week now of games where he's turning in stat lines and percentages that we're not used to seeing from him. Miami did a great job defending him. San Antonio did a great job defending him. And now today, he's just kind of off the mark and couldn't get a shot to fall. There's going to be a lot of reasons for that. And I want to really dive into his efficiency dip this year and talk about if we should be concerned or not about the max contract star in SGA. That's all coming up on Locked on Thunder Podcast, on Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you. Talking Thunder basketball for your second listen. Go check out Lockdown NBA for the national landscape of the NBA sphere. What's happening around the association 
You'll get that every single day for free as well and on YouTube as well at the Locked On NBA podcast. So SGA, his efficiency numbers are not what we're used to. We are not used to very many games where SGA shoots one of eight from three and 33% from the floor. I think that there's a lot that goes into it. Number one, the new ball is giving a ton of players trouble. It's not giving Mike Muscala trouble. And there's some players who love the new basketball. If you didn't know, the NBA switched the basketballs that they're using this season. And the Thunder practiced with them at the end of last year. And Mark said he's had no complaints from players so far. So it could be the new basketball. It could not be the new basketball. I think that's an easy crutch for most people to use when they're not shooting well. SGA has not used that excuse. Mark has not said anyone's complained about the new basketball. It seems like it's not the new basketball. But I'm sure when you shoot the same form of basketball over and over and over again as your career, and then one day they up and change it, it's going to take a little adjustment period. So let's let's count that as like 2% of the problem or 3% of the problem because it just might feel a little different. Now, I think that I think that me or you, who are not avid hoopers that play every single day and play with the exact same basketball the exact same way in the exact same environment every single day, I don't know if we'd be able to tell the difference. Like, I don't know if, if I was blindfolded, could I feel the basketball and know, yep, that's the new one that, and that's the old one. I think for a fact that NBA players could. I think if you put a blindfold on Duncan Robinson, whose whole life is about shooting a basketball, give him a pass and he can tell you immediately, yep, this is, this is that style of basketball, that's that style of basketball, and over here we have this style of basketball without looking at him, just by feeling him. So I will give credence to the new basketball excuse and say it's about 3 or 4%. I'm only putting it that low, really, because SGA himself has not complained about it. And again, Mark has said that nobody's complained about it for the Thunder organization. So 3 or 4% for that. I think that the biggest percentage goes to what I've said on this podcast for the last month and a half. It's the stepbacks. The stepback side step threes. And as I've said for the last month and a half, that's perfectly okay. This season is about development. It's about growth. And as I said with Lou Dort, that development extends to SGA still and extends to Lou Dort still and extends to Darius Baisley still. It's not just limited to the rookies that we're not used to. It's also for the players who we've seen for a long time. It feels like a long time anyway. And they're still growing. They're still 23, 22 years old and still 21 years old have room to grow. I think that with SGA, he spent the last two off seasons working on this step back arsenal that he's now implementing them in NBA games. And some nights they're electric and they're on point, And some nights they aren't yet. He's just kind of easing into the waters of that. And I would gladly, gladly trade a few percentage points on his field goal percentage and three point percentage for the addition of another form of creation for SGA as a, as a go get it bucket getter as somebody who can create offense for himself and in turn others, because as he gets more comfortable as he gets this shot and Arsenal down more with his length and ability, not many teams can defend that step back side, step three, because he's just so long and creates so much space. So as he gets his range down in the NBA environments, it's it's going to be game over for the NBA once he nails this. And with, and with as hard of a worker as he is, and as much talent as he has, and the fact that we've already seen him in certain games nail this skill set, I have no doubt that eventually he'll nail it. What cost two or three three-point percentage points? Probably. But will it gain you a few extra makes and quarters in which he can take over and win you games? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm perfectly fine with the uptick in aggressiveness and the uptick in attempting difficult shots from SGA because my max contract player, my superstar, who I know is the most talented basketball individual on the team, I'm okay with having a longer leash. I'm okay with not making the by-the-book play every single time. It's what he did at the start of last year. Remember, when the last season started, we were all clamoring for more aggressiveness from SGA, more aggressiveness, more aggressiveness, takeover games, takeover games. Then eventually that Bulls game and that comeback that went to overtime, he was more aggressive, and then that kind of switched on for him. And from there, he's a much better different player until the injury. I think that up until that point, though, he had only been making the routine plays. He'd only been doing what, what his basketball brain said to do almost robotic in some ways. Oh, this is not a good shot. That's a great shot. I'll pass to that guy no matter who it is, right? And when in reality, when you're the all-star, when you're the superstar, when you're the contract max contract player, I want your good shot. Heck, I want your average shot over a lot of your teammates' good or great shots. It's just the bottom line. So if it sacrifices percentage points and it sacrifices you know, inefficient nights like tonight, so be it. This is That's what this season is made for. It's made to get these one for eight nights from beyond the arc out that will eventually pay off in the long run. I think that every shot he took was explainable in the sense of his personal development and growth, and that's why we're here. In the meantime, he still contributes heavily to winning. He still contributes to this win in a big way. So I am by no means concerned with SGA shooting the basketball and his percentages. Nine assists tonight on just three turnovers, seven rebounds, four steals, a block, and 15 points. Still a really good night from your all-star. Mike Muscala, clearly not bothered by the new ball, shooting the best he ever has from three-point land, goes two for three tonight, six points, a block, and three rebounds. And then the rotation, a solid 11 minutes from Ty Jerome. I'd like to see Ty Jerome play more than 11 minutes, but that's just me personally. Isaiah Roby did not play. Gabriel Deck did not play. Paul Watson Jr. still has not played. I'm not really sure what the plan is for Gabriel Deck or Paul Watson Jr., to be quite honest with you. Um, it's it's something that I can't really get a good gauge on. I think that, again, I said with Gabriel Deck for the last month, Gabriel Deck's a good basketball player. He can help you win games. He can help any team win games at any level in the NBA, overseas leagues, anywhere, no matter the circumstance, the lineup around him, the coach, team, the time zone, the league, the opposition, whatever, all those circumstances aside, Gabriel, that can win you games and have and heavily impact your team in a positive way. He's going to be a good basketball player. That's all I know about Gabriel Deck. And so since we know he's a good basketball player and then he's also not playing though, and he's also 26 years old, he doesn't really fit the long-term future for the Thunder. And he's not stylistically the player the Thunder want to go after long-term. I don't really know what the plan is. Same thing with Paul Watson Jr. Last year, you saw Paul Watson Jr. be a very good player uh, for the Raptors and, and a good rotational NBA player. But at 26 years old, what is he long-term for the Thunder and why is he kind of hanging around in that two-way deal? I don't know. Maybe we'll see these guys pay dividends come January, February, March. It's a long season. It's a long season. We are just in the 
1% mark, right? You know, this time of year, you start seeing those fundraisers and the thermometer fundraisers that you go drive by and you see the bulletin board and go, hey, we're at, we're at this level, we're at that level, we're at this level uh, of the fundraiser. The, the coating of red on the thermometer of this season is barely visible when you're driving by. We are that early on in the year. So maybe there's a grand plan that we're going to see unfold throughout this next few stretch, but I just don't get uh, those two players roster spots as of right now. And then Pogoshevsky only gets 10 minutes after one of his better games uh, on Monday. Pretty surprising stuff. Bet of the day, the Thunder minus two and a half hit. Moneyball pick was Lou Dort. Lou Dort poured in four triples. Nobody else had more than two, which Mike Muscala had two. Uh, Lou Dort wins, so I go two for two tonight on our games. Now tomorrow... We're going to have a mailbag episode, so go hit up the Twitter account at Ryland underscore Styles or the email if you don't have Twitter, lothunderpod at gmail.com, and send us your questions for our Friday mailbag. On Saturday, we're going to recap the Bucks game. Sunday, recap the uh, uh, Celtics game on the back-to-back. Monday, Hawks preview, lineup data, power ranking roundup, and so much more on Monday. So a jam-packed weekend, a jam-packed week, a jam-packed everything. We're here for you every single day, including next week throughout Thanksgiving. So if you get tired of your family, I'm going to pop in those AirPods and listen to me talk. Feel free. Subscribe for free on all platforms, including the new one on YouTube. And then for your second listen of the day, go check out Lockdown Bets. Why don't you? We'll see you tomorrow for a mailbag episode. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.